We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brunson will probably get one more shot off, goes inside, lays it up and in. Tenth of a second remaining, and that's it. Knicks with a fantastic comeback attempt, but put themselves in too big a hole. And unable to get a huge defensive rebound that turned into a three-pointer for the Mavericks, and they fall short. In Jalen Brunson's return to the place he started his career, his first four years, still has many friends, and obviously a lot of respect here in Dallas. Well, that was your classic fuck around and find out game. Um, mm, not fun. Not a real fun night as the Knicks uh, head to Dallas and uh, see their five game winning streak and first loss since the OG Ananobi trade. Uh, lots to lots to dig into for this game, um, I think. Uh, and we can talk about a lot of player performances or a lot of underwhelming player performances. I'm not really sure if there was one player that I would say had a had a truly good game. I mean, I know Julius Randle ended up with a nice stat line, had a third quarter, you know, run there where he was went unconscious for a bit. But uh, other than maybe DiVincenzo, I wouldn't say that any Nick had a particularly good game. Um, listen, uh, there are teams in the league that you could come out with that level of effort and uh, engagement and, um, you know, attention to detail, like giving a little bit extra or rather not giving a little bit extra and just kind of lollygagging your way through it. A team with Kyrie Irving is not one of them. And listen, like the Mavs, I, they, they get shit on a lot for various reasons, but like they are like, I, and I know they tanked last season at the end of it and things went like horribly awry. Like they do kind of have a track record of being at least uh, even when they're missing guys, like being a competent NBA team. And again, if you have Irving on the floor and I, I, you know, Irving ended up with 40, whatever points to me, the most important points he scored in the entire game were the first eight that he scored. And it was when in the early in the first quarter. And I think it put the Knicks down 15 to four, his, his eight early points. Um, the dude ended up with 44 because he's one of the, I don't know, 20 or 25 greatest pure scorers in the history of the league. Like, you just can't come out on the road with that level of effort and energy against a, a team with that dude to say nothing of a team that has another guy in Tim Hardaway Jr. who, look, he, he, he'll he do Timmy things every game. And we saw it on the, the last meaningful possession of this game where he took two threes that he 
probably shouldn't have taken either of them um, and uh, missed both. But like we've seen enough of Timmy in Dallas and in New York to know that on any given night, he could be the third or fourth best player on a court, regardless of who else is on that court. And tonight um, he was filling it up from deep and he was doing, he was making enough happen. And then when you combine all that, and here's the thing, like, obviously you'll take Luca 10 times out of 10. You never want Luca to sit down. But the one thing the Mavs did get more of without Luca was they got more defense. They got more energy. They got more spirit across the lineup. Like Derek Jones, Jr. Dwight Powell, Josh green, what the fuck do you guys do you think these guys are going to go out there and do? Because they're not like they have to make up for their lack of skill in in some ways. And they're going to make up for it with effort and energy and defense. And it showed. I honestly thought for as great as an offensive start as the Mavs got out to and what they score 44 points or 46 points in the first quarter, whatever it was. I thought their defense was like equally as impressive. Really, really getting into what the Knicks were trying to do. Uh, they clearly had game planned uh, this this game very well. Uh, all the credit to them. Like they came out and they they set the tone. They won this game. Uh, I would say as much as, if not more, than the Knicks lost it. And uh, yeah, like Grant Williams coming in doing Grant Williams things. Like Jaden Hardy, only two for eight, but like kind of put a little pressure on the defense in his own way. And that's, I mean, that's really the frustrating part is like with all the guys, the Mavs had out, they won this game with seven guys. Seth Curry played 10 minutes, took one shot, missed it. Um, um, I forget which, not more Mook Morris, the, the other Morris twin um, played four minutes. Like they won with seven guys and that can't happen, especially when two of those guys are um, Derek Jones, Jr. And Dwight Powell, who are non-threats on the offensive end. So like it was essentially Kyrie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, who had an amazing first quarter to get really put some pressure on the deal. And that was it. That's all the offense they needed because the Knicks did not come out with the requisite level of effort and energy that they needed. And they got down by 18 points in the first quarter. And guess what? We turned around and it was early in the fourth quarter with eight minutes to go and they were still down 18 points. Because once they woke up, it was enough of a back and forth thing, and the Mavs made enough shots, and that's and that was really the other differentiator in the game, because the the effort and the energy is what got the Knicks down, as well as some hot shooting by the Mavs early. But the Mavs shooting never really cooled down. I wrote it. I wrote it down. There were two two areas that this game was lost, and then a third late. But we'll get to that in a moment. Going into the fourth quarter, Dallas was 14 of 31 on threes. The Knicks were 9 of 32. That's 15 points right there. Guess what? The Knicks were down 15 going into the fourth. And then the stat that absolutely just jumped out at you, and I haven't even checked what the final numbers were for this particular stat that I'm going to read. Um, Yeah. Going into the fourth, Mavericks, 25 fast break points. Knicks, one. Uno. One fast break point. And like, it's a little bit deceiving because when the Knicks got the lead down to six in the third quarter behind Julius Randle's barrage, they um, started playing a little faster, just like in the second quarter when they cut the lead down to 10 in the second quarter, they started playing faster. So any good thing the Knicks did in this game, it was because they started playing faster. Even so, only one fast break point before the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, the defense kind of finally showed up, didn't allow any fast break points for the Mavs in the fourth quarter. They, they got five. And obviously got the lead all the way down to one. And that's when on the biggest possession of the game, 
And that's where, like, again, fuck around and find out. You need to expend so much energy to to get back in a game when you get down by 20 on the road against a, a, an offense that because of one dude, because he's so good, really does put pressure on you. Um, you expend a lot of energy coming back, and they just didn't. I, I, I rewatched the possession once. The uh, the I think it was three offensive rebounds on the same possession. I thought Julius had an opportunity for a re- the, the final rebound that that corralled out. I thought that was Julius's ball, and just didn't really go for it. But I'm not I'm not going to put that all on him. I mean, it's three offensive rebounds on the same possession. It's not on one guy. Um, it's on everybody. Um, so yeah, that was really discouraging and it was, but it was fitting. It was fitting because the Mavs played with more energy all game and it's fitting that they won the game on a possession because they had more energy than the Knicks. Uh, they deserve to win the game. Absolutely. Even though the Knicks are a better team on without, you know, playing a Mavs team without Luka Doncic, they might be a better team even playing a Mavs team with Luka Doncic, but, uh, certainly didn't show it tonight at all. Not even one iota. Um, so it is amazing how one loss can make the good vibes of a five game winning streak and a, a trade that has worked out very well so far. Just kind of, you know, go down the toilet. Look, games like this happen. Teams come out with this level of effort and energy. Sometimes it happens. You, you know, I'm not going to sit here and kill them for it, but it is absolutely okay to be extraordinarily frustrated by this game. And this is also the first game that you could honestly look at and say, yeah, the Knicks would have been better off with Emmanuel quickly. Uh, and maybe RJ Barrett too. Um, but definitely Emmanuel quickly to come in, change the energy around because OG Ananobi, this was the first game we look at and be like, yeah, this was underwhelming. Um, and look, he, again, he's a superstars have underwhelming games. Stars has over underwhelming games. OG Ananobi is maybe the best role player in the NBA. He's certainly allowed to have underwhelming games. But they needed him tonight. And, you know, Benji was all over this on Twitter. And and this was partly partially on OG. The fact that he really was not doing much in terms of navigating screens. And they were just giving up those switches for Kyrie so easily throughout the night. Um, but it was also I, I partially on Tibbs. Like, I, I got to tell you, Tibbs going for his 500th win tonight. I would have gone on here and waxed poetic out the wazoo about Tom Thibodeau if they won this game and got him getting his 500 win. I thought that was a terrible decision to go so long with the single coverage of Kyrie when the Mavs, again, as Benji pointed out on Twitter, had some non-threatening offensive players on the floor. Um, but more than that, I mean, I don't know. Are we are we still allowed to complain about minutes occasionally now that Emmanuel Quickly's not on the team, or was that reserved only for for Quickly? I, I I'll have to ask the uh, uh, I forget our PR guy's name. What's his name? Drew. I'll have to ask Drew. Um, but Quentin Grimes, man. Uh, a lot of Knicks didn't bring energy tonight. Quentin Grimes brought energy, and Quentin Grimes, I thought, played well and uh, played 15 minutes. Um, ended up hitting three of six from deep. Look, he's not perfect. He's never going to be perfect. You can you can pressure him. You can get him out of his game. We saw it a few times in the first half where he drove and like doesn't even attempt a shot at the rim. It, you know, it, it's not perfect, but. I would like to see a little more Quentin Grimes tonight on a night when Josh Hart absolutely like the effort was there occasionally, but my God, was that a terrible Josh Hart game? Underwhelming OG Ananobi game. OG also didn't really, I know he had the one big corner three um, at the end there, 
but his shooting line for the game, one, it was only three hit. Uh, one of six from three, four of ten overall. Like Kind of an underwhelming game from him. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, a little surprised we didn't see more Grimes tonight. Uh, I'll have that gripe. And then just looking at, you know, some of the other guys. Yeah, DiVincenzo was awesome. Uh, I don't I don't blame him at all for this. Five of ten from deep. The guy just is, is money from downtown. You know, Randall and Brunson. It's amazing that you look up and Brunson had the stat line that he did 30 points on 22 shots. That is just about the emptiest 30 points on 22 shots you're ever going to see. And you guys know me. You know, I, I am I am dismissive of a lot of players. And I've gotten into some hot water over that in, in recent recent weeks in terms of like my personal attachment. I'm a Brunson guy. First first guy that I've been totally in on uh since the nineties. And he didn't have a good game. Like th- thirty points on twenty two shots. I feel very comfortable saying he did not have a good game. Uh I thought he got taken advantage of on defense. I thought some of his shot selection throughout the game was was kind of poor. Um Got better as the game went on. Obviously, got better as the game went on. But like, this was an underwhelming Brunson performance. And Randall, like, yeah, you know, he ended up with thirty-two points on twenty-three shots. The lack of effort early, like, you know, all of those times where Clyde was making fun of that the Knicks were had nowhere in the no one in the area code or the zip code or whatever he said. Like, the, those were those were Randall's guys uh, in the corner. And granted, it's Derek Jones Jr. You know, for a few of them, and like part of their game plan, I'm sure, is to not guard Derek Jones Jr. in the corner because he's Derek Jones Jr. and that's why he's not a better player. He doesn't hit threes. But like, you know, it's tough for me to sit here and praise Randall for that great third quarter when again he, he was part of the problem early. And listen, listen, it's it's not fair always. It's not fair. There are nights where he comes out with the exact same level of effort and energy tonight, and he puts forth a similarly stunning offensive performance, and we look past it in a millisecond because the team did enough around him to to mitigate the fact that he did not give enough. Tonight, they didn't, so it stands out more. Is that fair? Probably not. Like, Should more be required of him when he's carrying such a big offensive load? I don't know. I mean, reasonable minds may differ. We keep I, I don't really think there's a great answer to that conversation, but it stuck out more. It stuck out more. Um, Hardenstein, I know he had 15 rebounds. Again, I whatever. He was some weird moment. So many weird moments. Like the the three pointer to end the what was it? The first quarter or the first half? I honestly forget. Where he just like kind of completely backed off, and yeah, at the last play of the first half to put the Knicks down 19 going into halftime. Like, why are you doing that? Like, Hart had a bunch of those plays, too. Just weird weird game from guys that have been really rock-solid, consistent for the Knicks for most of the season. Um, and who did, I, who did I not talk about? Oh, uh, Deuce. Oh, I don't want to end on a sour note, but um, some rough Deuce minutes tonight. You know, again, game in-game plus-minus, a lot of times you can throw it right out. Did not think it was an accident that they were a minus 12 in the nine minutes that Deuce played. Like those those back-to-back possessions there early in the fourth quarter where he just does not initiate the offense in a timely fashion. That's on you, dude. I know you're really a wing in a point guard's body. You're playing point guard. You get that's like we've seen some great deuce moments from la- in the last three, four games. This was not a good one. This was not a good game from him. So 
really tough for me to sit here and praise any individual Nick, which is wild to say when this was a one point game with under a minute to go. And by any right, they should have gotten one of those rebounds and had a shot to take the lead and potentially win this game. Um, You know what that says to me, though? That says to me the Knicks were a much more talented team and they lost, which is frustrating and is annoying and you don't love it. Uh, I mean, I guess the le- two two big picture things, and then we'll go to uh, the the super chats. One, <laughs> only the Knicks could figure out. Like they came off of what I described at the time, and I still feel pretty pretty confident about is was the most heartbreaking regular season loss I've ever witnessed. The 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 game in Dallas last year. What did the Knicks do this year? They're like, let's find a way. To, to have a completely different type of loss, but have it like be the, the bizarro world version of that loss. And let's compare how much aggravation we can have our fans feeling after the game. Because in this game, that if you remember that, that, that game last year, the Knicks for 45, 46 minutes, we, we were as proud watching them, the shorthanded team playing with essentially six guys, it was it was the proudest night of the year for Knicks fans. And then it just all unraveled in the final minutes. But even after the way it unraveled and, and the way they lost, you looked up at the end and you're like, my God, the shame of it is they put forth that such a great effort. Tonight, they kept even when they kept coming back, the effort like left so much to be desired. And despite that, they were right there at the end and they lost it. So a completely different type of loss from the Dallas game last year. Um Less painful, I guess, but like everything's relative. And then the only other thing I, I do want to say, and I mentioned his name earlier because, and it, it you know, also fitting that tonight was a night Nick's could use some manual quickly to to come in and write the ship and and set reset the tone and all that good stuff. Fitting because Emmanuel quickly penned uh, what was a a beautiful, uh, I don't even want to call it a letter. It was really just it was kind of like a story um, to to Knicks fans, uh, to really everybody who's supported him and watched him over the last three and a half years. But it was a letter to New York. And it was, I thought it was pitch perfect. Um, Really conveyed to me why so many people will continue to root for him in Toronto or wherever he goes, even though he's not a Nick anymore. Because, you know, it wasn't just his play on the court that made lifetime fans, but it was his professionalism and his, his attitude. It was, it was his joy. And I think as people watched him over the last several years, um, you know, you like, you can't fake that. You can't fake that level of joy. And I, I also don't think you could fake that sort of connection with a fan base. So wanted to, to get that out of the way before we got to, to Super Chats about this game because it really was a, a beautiful letter and um, saw a lot of people saying a lot of nice things about it. All, all deserved uh, today. So I wanted to, to say that up front. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We'll end, end, end the monologue on a high note uh, before we get to the Super Chats. Starting with Mythic Monty. How you doing, Mythic Monty? Healthy scratch for Brogdon tonight. Eyes emoji. Interesting. Um, I apologize because I'm not going to give the person credit because I really was not looking at my phone tonight. I was way too frustrated to look at the Substack chat tonight. Uh, again, apologies, but I did. I occasionally like glance just to like see what the conversation was about. And somebody mentioned something along the lines of there's way too many stretches of games since the trade where the offense just goes into the tank. Here's the thing. It's not always without Brunson on the floor. It's not always the deuce led backup units. In fact, in recent games, it has not been the, the deuce led backup units. Like the last game against Washington, Washington? Is that who we played last game? No, Portland. Uh, played last game. It was it was really the starters. And I think when you have only two shot creators on your team, which is all the Knicks have right now, like that's going to happen. And I think it really, and it happened again tonight. There were stretches where, you know, the offense just didn't, didn't feel, obviously they didn't lose this game because of what they did on offense. They scored, how many points did they score? 124 points. But, um, they need another guy. They need another guy to to be a reliable initiator of offense. Is Brogdon that guy? I don't know. Um, I, I'm almost starting to think I kind of want someone better. I don't know that someone better is going to be out there for a cost that I want to pay. I've kind of settled on the side of the fence if I don't want Dejounte Murray. Again, you could you could talk me, you know. Um, you could talk to me about that another time. Uh, but good, good start, Mythic. And another one, PTSD from this is from Mythic Monty from lack of defensive boards in the final minute. Just awful. Just the most. It's the most awful way to lose when you don't get get a rebound. Um, and like, look, you can't like you got to praise them for their effort the previous the previous seven, eight minutes before that possession because they really did bring it, I thought, on the defensive end. It wasn't perfect, but they brought the energy they needed. And like, I'm not saying they dogged it on that possession, but I, it was it's just frustrating. It's just really frustrating. Jesse M, a fake comeback. Fisher and Hornacek would have been proud of. I got to tell you, at halftime of this game, I felt like I, I everybody was already making the jokes about the fake comeback. I thought like I thought they were going to get back in the game. I thought it was going to be real. And then the third quarter opened and they they allowed the Mavs to score at the top of the third. Julius does his thing. And then, then there was a moment where Brunson turned the ball over. Again, did not love the game from Brunson. And then the Mavs came back and someone hit a three, I think, to, to make it um, 113-93. Yeah, the fourth quarter lead of 113-93. 
And I literally wrote my notebook here. Game over. I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm wrong. And, and then we got to come back, of course. So, what do you know? Thanks, Jesse. Haitian Ferg, what's going on, Haitian? Always appreciate your comments and contributions here. Poor effort in the first half cost him the game. Yes. JB forced the issue in the first quarter. Completely agree. It, I, you know, and, and you don't, I don't think he's this type of guy, but it sure did feel like I'm going to come back and show them what they, what they missed out on. You know, um, when Randall should have gotten more possessions, uh, the game changed when they went through Randall. I loved the second half adjustment without Tibbs. We lose by 30. Ah, it might be a little kind, might be a little kind. I, he, Tibbs made adjustments. Um, Tibbs made adjustments for sure. Maybe a little bit too, too, a little too late. And also, you know, in fairness to Randall, they kind of went through him in the offense with the offense in the first half. It didn't always go as well. So I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like that was, you know, that was like, if they had gone to it earlier, maybe it would have been better. Um, am I putting this loss on the coach? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You, you like come out and, and try, you know, come out and try. That's not on your coach. That's on you. Thank you, Haitian. Alex, they showed decent fight. Yes. Maybe, maybe OG's price went down after this game, at least. Tibbs, I love you, but waited too long late before starting to double Kyrie. Yeah, I said it, and I agree with that. Um, as far as OG's price, like, I think Nick fans everywhere have to accept the fact that like OG is not a metronome. Um, he will have games where, like, here's the thing: he's not Josh Hart, and I. It's a bad comp because Josh Hart didn't play particularly well tonight. But like, part of the reason Josh Hart gets paid eighteen million dollars a year is because the effort is there every night, even early in this season when we were like, "Man, Josh Hart doesn't really fully brought it." The effort was like still there, you know. Um, and OG, that's not. He like that's very it's not an OG thing that like the, that's very rare, like very rare that guys do that uh, or bring that like every night or pretty much every night. So you know when he's gonna have off shooting nights because everybody has off shooting nights. But like, I mean the dude's still gonna get paid because if the Knicks don't do it, somebody else will. I promise you that. Thanks, Alex. All right, Hush Zoo. need more plays ran for OG. 6'8", sitting in the corner, 90% of the game is ridiculous. Need to trade for the bench player ASAP, Tyus Jones, please. Um, yeah, I mean, the tough thing with running plays for OG is he's not really a creator. So, okay, what plays do you run for him? You try to run plays for him, getting him downhill. And I'm going to I'm gonna say something, which again, if the right person clips this and, and disseminates it, it's going to make me look awfully silly. Uh, because of how much I've killed him over the years and and the send off that I had for him, but like that was an underrated RJ skill. Now, in fairness, I said repeatedly it's the only truly elite skill he has: constant ability to get downhill. And th- there's a reason why the Knicks ran that pistol action all the time is because they knew if they ran that action, it would get at the very least a shot at the basket. OG's not really that sort of guy. I think the plays you're running for him are more along the lines of like. How can he cut into open space? A lot of the stuff that we saw in Portland, you know, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, but to say that it's ridiculous to put one of the best three corner three point shooters in the league 
for 90% of the game. I mean, that's just efficient offense. So I think we got a couple more coming from Hush. I'm becoming less and less a fan of Hart's contract. Hart's, an, uh, he's another guy. If you catch him on a night like this, you're going to be like, why are we paying him $18 million a year? You know, and here's another one. If he's not doing his intangibles, what is he bringing? Um, he's intangibles is the first thing on the list, but the reality of the NBA, the way it's played, you know, now, like there aren't many guys who bring that. And here's the other part about Hart. More often than not, there's going to be nights where you look at him and you're like, oh, okay, he's probably not even paid enough. Or at the very least, he's earning every penny. Like tonight wasn't a, a good night for him. Um, I don't think a one bad game is a is a game is a moment to start questioning contracts, especially when you look up and Josh Hart has one of the best plus minuses in the league. Like that's not a coincidence. We're we're through almost forty games. If a team is destroying other teams when you're on the floor, probably means you're doing something right. Thanks, Hush. Travis Edward. Sadly, I feel like Brunson and Randall were in their heads about playing in Dallas and it cost them in the beginning. I it's as good a theory as any. Um I don't know. Like I personally can't separate out the low energy from the other stuff. I it's a really great observation. I think Brunson more than Randall because I, I felt like Brunson was forcing more looks early on, whereas Randall was just like had some moments, just some moments that were not very good. And then, and then to his credit, he adjusted. That's the thing about. I'll, let me praise Randall on this. His in-game adjustments this year, with the exception of the Philly game, which was an atrocity. Um, <clears throat> His in-game adjustments since the opening few weeks, I think, have been really, really strong. And I thought tonight was an example of that. Not saying he was perfect in the second half. He wasn't. But by and large, it was a much better game as he went along. But yeah, it's a very good observation, Travis. Truly. I wish I had something else to add, but I think you nailed it. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? Uh, Thank you for the contribution. Nothing I'm really long-term worried about, especially with Mitch probably coming back. We'll say that Tibbs needs to be a bit more flexible with the rotations. Before you yell at me, he's been excellent. I'm, I'm, you preach to the choir tonight, man. Um, play, play Grimes more on a night like tonight. And he, but, it, but it's funny that it gets us back to, and you know, few, few people that I'm lucky enough to be able to to text with uh, on a regular basis. We're just texting about this a few minutes ago. It's the same reason that qu- quickly didn't play. It's the exact same reason. It's. He doesn't want to play three guards at the same time because he feels like it compromises the defense too much and it compromises like their their base, like what they're built on. Um, and you look at it and you're like, all right, well, tonight's the night to adjust. Tonight's the night to get out of your your regular your regular thing because your regular thing wasn't really working tonight. The guys that l- allow you to do your regular thing were not really bringing it tonight, and. He would never say this in front of a microphone. My guess is that his response would be like, yeah, but that's not how habits are built. What does Tibbs always talk about? Always talks about habits. He doesn't say that shit by accident. 
because he thinks that you the more you do something and the more repetition, is it always going to go perfect? No, it's not always going to go perfect. But the more you build those habits, when it comes down to nut cutting time in April, May, and June, God willing, one day before I die, um, the fact that you've been consistent about how you approach the game and how you approach games, it's a better way to put it, throughout the season is going to pay dividends. And, um, you know, we'll see. Thanks, Kev. But I'm not arguing. I'm not going to argue with that tonight at all. Bernard Richardson. Tibbs gets his complaints from us more so unwarranted than not. But this team will never quit. And I'm damn proud where the culture with the team is. Should have won this game, but we move forward. So I, I love this because tonight I take I think all of these takes are reasonable. You want to criticize Tibbs tonight? I think it's reasonable. You want to praise Tibbs tonight because he's instilled something in the team. You never give up. You never let go of the rope. Like, I watched the first half of the Boston-Milwaukee game tonight to my own detriment. You want to talk about a team letting go of the rope? You know, the Celtics. And that's probably probably, uh, unfair because they they had a second night of back-to-back. But, like, no, the Knicks, they fight. They always fight. They never give up. They never give in. Um, and I and I ultimately I, I do think that that is evidence of their culture. And I do think the Thibodeau is a big part of instilling that culture. All that said, um, is it can can you be proud of the team tonight for that aspect? Sure. Can you be proud of the oh, reasonable minds could differ on that? Where I don't think reasonable minds could differ is and I've said something to this effect recently and I'll say it again because it ba- it bears repeating. The fact that a night like this where they came out with something less than 10 out of 10 effort has us all fucking like completely shocked and be like how dare you come out with something less than maximum effort in a game where you're playing against an undermanned opponent and like you could probably be forgiven for looking across the court and being like yeah we got this. Um because that was the norm for most of 20 years. <laughs> and yet in the last four years, it's such an aberration um, that we are, we sit here and we're stung by it. We're stung by it. So to me, yes, that is as good a compliment as you could give uh, the culture and how far it has come. Uh, albeit frustrating night tonight. Thanks, Bernard. GD Nation, my man. He's back for more. Leon, get on the phone. Get Kyrie for Brunson. Hashtag uh, Scotty. Stupidest comment of the year. Oh, stupidest comment of the year. Uh, I think he's, is he trying to one up himself? Is that it? It's a new year. It is a new year. So we need to have a new stupidest comment. No, uh, look, Kyrie is the most frustrating guy in the league to watch. And it is because uh, I loathe the positions that he uh, apparently takes, I'm going to choose my words carefully here, um, or at the very least, his actions would, would, would lead one to infer that he feels certain types of ways. Uh, and that is really unfortunate and upsetting. And um, I, it's, I don't like it uh, on a personal level. And then if you're a basketball fan, you watch him and you watch what he does and it's unreal. And he is absolutely 
a guy that like, I mean, you, it's I don't I don't need to sit here and be like you win a championship with Kyrie Irving as your second best player because somebody already did, and I wouldn't be like I don't think this Mavs team has all the pieces, but he could, he's good enough to do it again. And and like I, on a serious, on a more serious note, I, I'm not like obviously your your comment is joking, but like the other thing that Kyrie reminded us of tonight is Kyrie could play a little defense, like he's capable of it. He doesn't often which is a reason to criticize him, but he can play some defense, man. And Brunson, no matter how hard he ever tries, he's just always going to be a guy that takes, gets taken advantage of. So it's unfortunate. Will Oliver crunch time rebounding in Dallas is not our thing. No, no, it is not. And, and you know what? I think the Knicks actually, out, I'm, I'm going to say right now, I think the Knicks out rebounded the Mavs on the, on the night. They did 45 to, 38, yeah. So they needed to make it 45 to 35. Jessica Elsner. Hey, Jess, how are you? I hope you're bringing some calm, peace, and love to the postgame. He had a rough night. Randall makes dumb mistakes sometimes, but this season, his hands are up, and he never gives up. Uh, not perfect, but he's ours. Hashtag ride with Randall. Also, IQ article today was a tearjerker. Yes. Amen to that. Um, not a perfect night from Randall. Still think he's an all-star. Me and uh, Andrew Claudio did our East all-star picks earlier today. Uh, we both agreed that Randall should be an all-star. I don't think it's an automatic. I think the Knicks need to finish strong, which is another reason I'm very annoyed by this loss tonight is because like this Eastern Conference is not going anywhere. Like the Cavs won again today, um, it, you know, in, in, in France against Brooklyn. They're a half game ahead of us. Like the Knicks are in six now. Pacers are a half game. Um, up. Oh, Andrew's reminding me to remind everybody to sign up for Patreon if you want to hear the rest of our picks. Go to, go, go to patreon.com and search for Knicks Film School. There you go. Um, but like the Knicks are a half game in front of Miami and Orlando. And, uh, like, I, I, if the, I don't know if those two, two, two teams play tomorrow, but if both those two teams play tomorrow and win, then they'll be tied with the Knicks. The Knicks will be tied for eighth, essentially. So every game, every game matters if you want to try to get, at the very least, in that 4-5 slot to say nothing of maybe making a run at the three seed. I've never really felt that the three seed was a realistic thing. I know people have been kind of getting excited about it in the last few days. Philly coming off a loss. I mean, shit, if we won this game tonight, we'd be a game back of three. Like, that would have been cool. But they didn't. Because they fucked around. And they found out. Brian Valderrama, Warriors fire sale, anyone you would be interested in? Um, Let me be very clear about that, my response. I every, every time, anytime anybody asks me about a potential, like, team to trade with or players to trade with my response my response is always going to be um like assuming fair cost like assuming what the other team would need to get back to actually make a trade and given that very specific uh caveat i think my answer is no um i mean needless to say the warriors are never trading steph curry um but beyond him I don't like 
they got their Andrew Wiggins, a better, more, a better. I know we didn't show it tonight, but a, a much better version of Andrew Wiggins, I would argue, in OG Ananobi. So I don't see how Wiggins would make sense on the contract that he's on. Um, I mean, I love Looney. I mean, you want to talk about my God, if they were ever going to trade, but if they were ever going to trade Looney, I, I, I got to think the line would be around the block for Looney because uh, he's so good, and he's also he's also instrumental to their culture. I, I got to think like. This team is going through a lot of changes right now. I don't think they're going to trade Looney. I, I really don't. Um, you know, and then you got the two kids. You got you got Kuminga and and Moody. I mean, you have Grimes on this team, and I, I just got done saying, you know, why is Quentin Grimes only playing fifteen minutes tonight? Like Moody can't even get off the bench in Golden State. Like you, you already have your version of that, and Kuminga. Like he's clearly not happy playing the minutes he's playing there. So what, he's gonna be happy coming here and playing twelve minutes a game. I don't. I don't see it. I, I don't see a trade. Uh, Travis Edward, Mitch would have eaten tonight. It would have been a nice Mitch game. Would have been a nice Mitch game, and it's also a good reminder. Look, he deserves all of the flowers that he has gotten. There are nights where you're gonna look at Isaiah Hardenstein, and he's not going to be what he has been for much of this year. And I completely agree. Tonight is a game Mitch probably changes um, on a, for a variety of reasons. You know, uh, I, I would have been interested to see him trying to switch out a, a couple of times. I know he hasn't always fared well with that, but you know, and just on the boards <clears throat> protecting the rim. Um, I think it's a good comment, Travis. Anthony Sixto. What's going on, Anthony? Some takeaways that can carry over. OG's nice drive, initiating contact to create space and score. I hope we see a lot more of that from him. And like he's got the body for it, that's for sure. And he could finish he's got the finishing for it. It's I think just about getting into like getting into the 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 set. So to speak, or getting like like start like starting getting downhill, right? And then maybe the Knicks could be creative in, in some ways that you get him going towards the basket, and that's on them. Uh outside of the bad pass, precious looking more comfortable. Dante's a guy I want to see in the playoffs. Um yeah, I mean, precious. I mean, there was I mean what he was doing. Again, there were so many plays like that. So many plays where you're like, what are you doing? And Precious literally throwing it over his head to the Mavs was one of the strangest, if not the strangest play we've seen all year. Other than that, he had some nice minutes. Um, Dante in the playoffs. I I mean, if he if he's a 50% shooter from downtown, if that carries over, I mean, what are we even talking about here? You know, and the longer this goes, the I mean, it's it is insane what he's doing, and it is it is insane that it's not being talked about more. Like I, I, I don't, I'm gonna. You guys know I love the Hoop Collective of Brian Winhorst. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite NBA podcast. I love listening to them. I, I could listen to Brian talk about basketball all day long. He's in, he's knowledgeable about the game. Um, he's a great reporter. 
all of the things. They were talking about the Knicks like a week ago on the pod. And he mentioned, he was talking about that, like who were the Knicks best shooters? Like he was doing it off the cuff. And he was talking about like, oh, well, you know, it was after the OG trade. And he was like, other than Brunson, OG might, might, you know, might be their best shooter now. Like who, who, who else do they have? And he even mentioned DiVincenzo. But it's just a sign that he, DiVincenzo, the season he's having from three, has not even remotely entered the national discourse. Like people are not talking about it. The dude has been a 50% fucking shooter from three for well over two months now. It's crazy what he's doing. Um, so, you know, good job by him. Sam Garcia's dad. What's going on, man? This might be the first game I've watched this season where I believe they were not ready and gifted the game to the Mavs. Disappointing. They were not ready. They didn't come out ready to play. I mean, there are other games. Um, trying to think what are some recent games. Andrew has a much better memory than me. What are some games? With, uh, they didn't come out ready to play in the Utah game. Uh, what other ones jump to mind? Jump to mind. I I don't have anything offhand. That's like the thing. Like the Utah game is the one. They fucked around in the Detroit game, but they they came out with fine energy against Detroit. They were up by fifteen in the seventeen the first quarter in Detroit, and then it was like the weird night where the the second unit was not didn't like continue keep the lead going. You know, Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of low energy games for the Knicks, but I think the the Miami game. I thought were they low would, energy or were they just bad to start that. They were just bad. Like okay. Miami was doing the leak outs and it was just like everything the Knicks wanted to do, Spo was ready for. And just bad third quarter. So we're, we're we are kind of glassing over a couple of games that I think came on the second nights of back to backs. Like the first the New Orleans game, that was mm-hmm. low energy. I want to say the second Clipper game. Coming off of the emotional win against Phoenix, second night of a back to back, you could kind of put that in that category. But those that were excuses, like this was this was the first one that was not on a back to back, that was not against a team. Well, no, it was against a team that was undermanned. So, yeah, I don't know. It, Again, I, I feel it's similar to the Utah game. It's where very similar to the Utah game. You're yeah. looking at a team across from you. You're like, oh, we're better than them. You know, yep. look at their record. We could beat yep. them. And in this case, it was a specific talent discrepancy. Absolutely. I, I'm very bothered by the the Grant Williams minutes. It's my only frustration tonight. I did all that research before the game that every time he's on the floor, the Mavs are ass. Like, pair anybody on cleaning the glass. Grant Williams plus someone else. And it's a negative. He hasn't shot well. Yeah, and hasn't defended well, hasn't done anything well for like 16 games now. And watching him like earn an offensive foul call against Jalen Brunson and like bully Hartenstein and get the call and get like forced to jump ball. I was just like, what is happening? They were supposed to get back in the game when he came in. And it was just that's my that's my frustration tonight. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Sam Garcia's dad with another one. Thank you for the generosity tonight, um, Ray. All I heard for a year plus was the Knicks needed two for one consolidation trade. The front office did that. And now all I hear is we need another player for bench minutes. Explain why this isn't a contradiction. It's the best question I think we've gotten. Um, the reason you needed a two for one consolidation trade is you had too many guys on the roster that needed to play too many minutes for what for for how good they were. Um, they were anywhere from twenty to twenty five minutes in terms of like how many guy how many minutes guys ideally probably should slash want to be playing versus how many minutes they were actually playing. The consolidation trade eliminated that problem by set what I'm doing my I'm I'm talking with my hands because I'm Italian and that's why there's a thumbs down on the screen right now. Um it eliminated that problem, but how did it eliminate that problem? It sent out 55 minutes of basketball and Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett and actually maybe a little bit more than 55, but let's go with 55. And then it brought back, uh, let's say 35 minutes in OG Ananobi. So you got the 20 minutes. Now, what are you filling that 20 minutes with? Well, a few guys, a few guys that wanted more time are getting more time. Steven Chenzo is getting a little bit more time. Um, he's the big one. But at the same time, like it doesn't change the guard issue, which is what we talked about before. Tibbs doesn't want to play three guards at the same time. And that's exacerbated because you now have this situation where Deuce is running backup units. And it's it, this doesn't fall on Deuce. It's, it, this is not a Deuce problem necessarily, although it kind of came to light tonight on a few possessions, you'd initiate the offense properly. But the fact that they lost two initiators and they did not pick up an initiator in this trade. Let me say this to you. And here's where it comes. This is what it comes down to. If OG Ananobi, and I'm, this is not a critique of OG Ananobi, it's just a reality. If OG Ananobi was an initiator, in addition to being the most versatile defender in the league, arguably, and a knockdown three-point shooter, if he was also an initiator, well, then he'd be an all-star for one. And you weren't getting him for this deal. You'd be getting him for these two players plus you know, several unprotected first round draft picks. There's a reason you got him for what you got him for. But if he was an initiator, you wouldn't have this problem because then you'd have a 30 initiator and you could get by in an NBA game over 48 minutes with three initiators right now. They only have two. So that's why you need another piece to support the offense. Cause right now you have two dudes who are supporting the offense. who are initiating the offense for 48 minutes. That's you. That is not tenable. And if you, if, but then here's the, here's the issue. If you trade for someone like a Brogdon or uh, I mean, even like a Tyus Jones and you give them the deuce minutes. Well, how many minutes did deuce play tonight? I think he played nine, nine. Yeah. Andrew has it. They played nine minutes tonight. So then you're you're giving you're 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 going right back into the same hole that you came out of, which this is a very long-winded way of saying I wonder if this isn't part of the at least part of why the Knicks have been mentioned in a DeJounte Murray possible trade. 
because in that trade, you would send out Grimes. And so you'd essentially be going down to like, I mean, you might be going down to an eight-man rotation if you do that trade because uh, Murray would be picking up the deuce minutes, I presume. And he'd also be picking up the Grimes minutes. Does that make them a better team? I don't really know. If Murray was willing to come off the bench, it might. But that's part of my issue with that trade. Let's say you go get a guy like Tyus Jones. Like Tyus Jones is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Do you think he's going to be thrilled about coming here and on some nights playing 12 minutes? It's 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 a they had a bigger problem before the trade in terms of not having a guy that did what OG did. And so they solved the bigger problem. I would argue the biggest problem, other than the fact that they they don't have, you know, a top five player. Um, but they opened up another problem. That other problem is very solvable, but it doesn't mean that when you solve that other problem, it's not going to have a trickle-down effect that will create more issues, which you are bringing to light. It's why it's such a fantastic question and a great comment, because, um, you know, they, 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 this building out this roster will have to continue to, to be, to some extent, a, a, a walking the tightrope. Because there is no you know, blatantly obvious solution, because guess what? If you get a guy who's comfortable playing only 12 minutes a night and he solves all your initiation problems, well, you're probably going to want to play that guy more than 12 minutes a night. And he's going to want to play more than 12 minutes a night. So. I, this might be a very long winded say winded way of saying for as much as everybody wanted, wants to get another guy. If the right guy was available, they maybe could use another consolidation trade. You know, but I don't I don't know if I see that guy out there. I, I don't think Murray's the guy. I wrote about Marcus Smart today. He's gonna be out for six weeks. I don't necessarily know if he's the guy. Um but we'll see. We'll see. Listen. I don't think this is the final version of the roster. I don't think the Knicks think this is the final version of the roster. And most importantly, I don't think that internally they are viewing this season as like, this is our year. For as aggressive as they were in getting OG and for as much as you're going to hear about them being involved in trade talks for backup big and a backup point guard from now until the trade deadline, I don't think anybody in that that front office thinks that this is like the be-all end-all next year. So that that's when it is. So, um, you know, patience. Right? Patience is a virtue. Doesn't mean it can't be frustrating. Tingus Pingus. What's going on, uh, Tingus Pingus? Hart needs to get out of the rotation. Horrible shooting numbers, and now that OG is here, his defense rebounding isn't needed. Give Grimes his minutes. Um, well, they're not going to do that because they just signed him to a $72 million contract. I understand how Josh Hart can be a very frustrating player at times when he's not bringing the Josh Hartness of it all to the game. And then you compound that with his inability to hit an open three. It looks bad. It looks really bad. And it looks pretty silly that you just paid the guy what you paid him over the summer. Um, but I mean, just 
speaking reality, uh, one, they should not do that. Uh, you generally a uh, poor process to make drastic rotation decisions after a poor game. Um, and also, they're just not going to because he makes a lot of money. Alex, the rest were really rough. I'm glad somebody brought it up. I, I probably should have mentioned it at the top. It was just a really poorly officiated game all over the place. Um, does Tibbs need his Steve Kerr or Darko moment where he uses his post game to call out the officiating, especially with Brunson? I think he had his moment a few weeks ago. Um, I haven't seen any tweets about Tibbs uh, post game presser. Um, my guess is the fact that there were none means uh he didn't he didn't go crazy on the refs. Um just checking to make sure that's accurate. Yeah. Anyway. I kind of think he already had his moment. Um Haitian Ferg, what's going on? Bernard Richardson said it better than me. Law of averages app uh, applies with Tibbs. Not too mad at OG. Teachable loss. New run starts now. Get Malcolm. I'm cool with. I'm cool with Malcolm. I'm cool with him. Didn't play great last night. There the other night. I think he's a good basketball player. I think he would help this team. I think it would make them better. Um. I agree. It would create a minutes crunch after we just got over the minutes crunch. Uh, might be a price price worth paying. And uh, do do new run starts now. I, I hope so. I, I I when they got to five in a row, I allowed myself to dream a little bit, especially after it got announced that Luca was going to be out. I'm like, oh man, maybe this is this season's run. And that's that's kind of what made tonight so disappointing because it was right there for them between this and then Memphis and then you come home and then you're home for a month, basically. Like it was right there for them to really build that momentum for a sustained winning streak. You lost tonight. Go in, go. You better go into Memphis and not that screw around. Because and that because that you could screw around in Memphis, and then you got to come home and play an Orlando team. That man. You want to talk about a team that does not fuck around on any night and is playing a whole lot like the Knicks, the We Here Knicks team um, is that magic team. So all of a sudden, we could be going from a five-game winning streak to a three-game losing streak if they're not careful. Go win on Saturday. Kevin Matz. What's going on, Kevin? Thank you for the very generous contribution tonight. Appreciate it. Losing to Timmy Kyrie uh, and a Luka and Lively-less Mavs team upsets me. It upsets me, too. It upsets me too. I'm irrationally mad and leave me alone. I agree with your um, pick your pick and roll point, but this Deuce looking capable of running the second unit um, open you to the oh Atlanta or Detroit bogeys. It is he running the second unit? Like, I worry that either one of those guys would come here and they would not be maximized. Um, 
man, I, I mean, I, Atlanta's Bogdanovich is is the guy who like man. But again, what like obviously you're giving up Grimes in that trade. So, but but again, he comes here and he's a guard. Like he's he is he defends like a guard. So the minutes are coming from where? If if you move Deuce out of the rotation and you trade Grimes, all right, how are you generating offense? Because that's the thing. If you get Bogey and you trade, even if you trade Grimes, that's still not enough minutes for him. So you got to give him Deuce's minutes too. So you're even if you make that trade, you're going down to eight man rotation because Bogey's freaking awesome. And you you better if you get that guy, you better play him 25, 30 minutes a night. So then, so then how does that? How does that work? Who's who's running the backup unit? DiVincenzo? That's something I'm, I'm actually curious about. What would it look like if for 12 minutes a game, DiVincenzo run backup units? But but you're still lacking that initiator. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking around in circles. I know. And I apologize for doing that. But I really do feel like they need someone that is more of a an initiator of offense. Someone that could run a pick and roll consistently. And, and get them into good, like ideally create advantages. At the very least, run a pick and roll. Jessica with another one. These games are hard, but after a five game winning streak, we needed to see what doesn't work. That's how teams learn from failure. They don't give up. Let's go next. I love, I love your comments, Jessica. Thank you. I appreciate them always, but I especially appreciate them on nights where we have a tough loss. Um, yeah, you win or you learn. Hopefully they learn tonight. Um, you know, it, 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 it revealed some warts, you know, something that nobody's really talked about explicitly, but I think it's fair to wonder. OG is not the BL end all when it comes to stopping uh, really like the five or five to 10 best guards in the league, offensive guards. Struggled against Maxi, clearly struggled to stay with Kyrie. So that when you face one of those guys, does it take take a little bit of the luster off what had been a very good defense? Absolutely. Um, Mavs bothered Brunson tonight. You know, teams are going to do that more and more. Can you counter it? Is it about making the offense go through Randall more, as Haitian Ferg said earlier? Are there other possible solutions? You know, um, so. Lots of things. Lots of things to think about. Thank you, Jessica. Kevin Danishevsky really think they should just play Sims with the backups. I sure. I, I don't sure. I don't I don't really have anything to say. Sure. <laughs> um Travis Edward with another one. Thank you for the generosity, Travis. Appreciate you tonight, man. Uh bringing a lot of good stuff. For five straight games, OG was the second coming of Thanos. One loss and the sky is falling for some fans. Welcome. <laughs> I feel like I should get you a fucking name tag because you must be new here. Um, <laughs> I, I kid. Uh, we let up uh, eight of ten from three in the first quarter. In some ways, it all, all it all boils down to that tonight. Next, yeah, like again, the final. I didn't even read the final numbers. Um, the final numbers on this game in a game again they lost by four. And at one point they were down by one late. Knicks 
14 of 42 from three, Mavs 17 of 41. So that's nine points right there. Um, and I, I talked about the fast break points. It's another one. Very annoying. Uh, no, but like, take it in stride. Lunas Emirat, what's going on? Lunas, hey, Macri, hope you and the family are doing well as the rest of the uh, KFS, as is the re- as well as the rest of KFS. On nights like tonight, I cope by thanking God we're not the Nets with their shit show. I don't know. Should we end this one by going through the top top five teams that can make Nick fans feel better uh, thinking about when they wake up tomorrow morning? Andrew? Let's do it. That's fun. Let's go. I mean, uh, oh, wow. They cut the lead to 22. Staring the at the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, man. You know, let's do six teams and we'll do a quick snake draft. Um, okay. You first. Me first? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I have a pick if you'd rather... Me be first, then. You go first. Okay. Um, Portland. Portland? They just lost by 100 points in 48 hours. That's not what you want. Um, I'll take the Lakers. About to go to 19 and 20. And be in a tie with Utah. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's not trying to win games this year. Your I pick. will go with... <laughs> The Wizards of Washington. <laughs> You're going with these terrible teams. I, I, I go into teams that don't have a have a young guy to be like. I may scoot like may may change that, but the reason I'm not saying Detroit is because Kate at least has showed something, and as Benji said, they're a respectable that, one in thirty five in their last thirty six games. Picking these toilet teams are not in the spirit of this exercise. I'll okay. go. With, I'll go with Brooklyn because. Uh, they pissed off their fans and their own players, and uh, they have lost. I, I mean, they're three and seven in the last ten. They've, they're 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 falling apart. They pissed off who? Their fan? <laughs> I'll go the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> ah, damn it! You totally stole my last pick. Uh, um, like one the of Warriors. the team I see. Yeah, the Warriors. And the, I, the reason I stayed away from them is like after a dynasty, I will never complain again. If the Knicks win four titles in seven years, yeah, I would never complain ever again. Do you, do you know how miserable their fans are this season? Oh, they are. I'm saying what you. This is my draft. This is my draft picks. <laughs> I would never complain. The Knicks win two in three years. I would never Look, complain. It, the Knicks win the, one, John. I would probably not complain for like five years. Here's the reality: we could this draft could go through more than half the league, and uh, it puts in perspective. Is is been a very good year for the Knicks. The trade is still a good trade. They're still doing a lot of the right things. Come out Saturday and win the game. Yes. Don't don't yeah. screw around, like you said. Two more came in from Kevin Metz, by the way. Kevin Metz. What did I say? Mats? Mats. Yeah. Was it written as Mats or was it written as Mets? It was written as Mets. So I just misread it. Yes. It's okay. That's it's a bad job. Small print. I mean, it's not that small. Um in that case, I think Bogdanovich starts and the Deuce Dante combo runs the bench. I know that's blasphemous, 
but I think it's the best version of what's possible. I mean, Bogdanovich as a starter is would be great, but I, honestly, like I don't know how can you look at what Divincenzo is doing and say that removing him from the starting five is part of the solution. I, I don't mean that to be a dick or facetious or anything, but like he's hitting fifty percent of his threes. He gives you nice defense off the ball. Bogdanovich is not going to be a better defender than him, like in any respect. Uh, I don't. I don't see how that makes them better. Uh, so I'm, I would pass on that, and I, I do. I really do think they need the initiator. I maintain it that Brogdon just is the perfect fit. Perfect, it's a strong word, but if he's taking the Grimes role, then you can still play Deuce, and your defense doesn't fall off a cliff. And Deuce gives you the point of attack defense Wait, that on. you're losing with Grimes. So hold on, you. I'm not trading Grimes for Brogdon. You're not putting that in the trade. Because I assumed that would happen. Oh, I don't think they will trade Grimes for Bogdan. Okay. I would be, I do, but I I'd be surprised and I'd be pretty mad. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's me. Reasonable. If that's, if that's not part of the conversation, then then that's then there's a minutes crunch again, like you said. Guess what? There's gonna be a minutes crunch. Um Nick Petroselli, if you could add anyone from the 2012 team to the current Knicks, who would you add? Besides Mello, I'm torn between Ch- Chandler and Felton. Jeremy Lin. Back up 2012-13 team. I, he said 2012. I assume that's a team that their season ended in 2012. By the way, Nick also says, also, I missed Breen and Clyde. We're so lucky. I agree. Nick, clarify in the comments. Do you mean the 53 win, the 54 right. win season? Or do you mean the... Jeremy Lin season, the insanity year. I'm pretty sure he means the 12 13 team. I just want him to clarify in the comments. I I don't know that they need Chandler with Hardenstein playing as well as he is. He means 12 13. So yeah. And and Tyson Mitch, Chandler. And Mitch potentially coming back. Well, so are we talking like right now? Because then backup center Tyson Chandler sounds great. <laughs> no, just like add that version of the player onto this team. Add that version of backup center Tyson Chandler would be awesome. Pablo Pergioni as a backup point guard would be pretty good too. Raymond Felton as a backup point guard would be pretty good. Or yeah, Jason used, Kidd. Used to be in a starter. I We have Josh Hart. The guy's going to shoot 30% from three. Kid shot base. it well that year, didn't he? No, he fell off a cliff very early in the season. I remember there was a stretch where Jason Kidd like, was awful, was like one for 25, and then he had a bunch of threes against the Heat on during that 27-game winning streak. And I was like, oh, Jason Kidd is back. And then the Heat ended up winning that game anyway. JR was know. on that team. JR was on that team. What a great question. I, we, we hit the two. Well, three. If you want to look at a point guard. So I'm thinking Prigioni kid. Felton. I'm thinking kid. I'm not going Prigioni. I love Prigioni. I'm not going Prigioni. Thinking kid. I'm thinking Felton. I'm thinking JR. I don't think Chandler's crazy. And the one guy that hasn't been mentioned yet, which is the first guy that came in my mind, is Steve Novak. Ooh, okay. More shooting. I don't know. I don't know who he's, where he's, how he's getting minutes because this team is now suddenly very big 
um, at the three and the four, and I don't want him out there guarding shooting guard. I don't really want him guarding anybody in, in the league now, uh, which is part of the issue. Like, who could guard in the league now? Like, could Jason Kidd guard the way the league is right now? That version no. of the kid? No. I don't know that he can. He literally retired when the season ended. Uh, JR. Uh, you could argue, Jay. You could, you could argue, could argue. Jr. was the second most important player on that team, even ahead of Chandler. Uh, and he was incredible that year. The the thought of Amari didn't even cross our minds. Should it have? Not just he said that anybody. If we're putting Amari, oh, I thought about. I thought about Amari. Uh, okay. If we're adding like a bench Amari that came back for the playoffs, then why not? What's he going to play? Kenyon Martin. You what? want Amari to be your backup five on this team? Yeah, why not? He'd be better than Precious Achua. On offense, yes. Uh, John. Amari Stoudemire is better than Precious Achua. Of course he is on offense. Right. Uh, so are they running plays through Amari Stoudemire on the backup units? Yes, and they would be successful because it's Amari Stoudemire against backups. I remember Amari that year. I know. We, that, he was coming off the knee injury the year before, and then he got in a fight with a fire extinguisher, and then lost. He did. And then well, the following year, it was like on and off when he's on the court, and they were better when he was off the court. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll take JR. JR Smith. I'll go... I'll go one of the point guards. I I have more stock in Prigioni, but I guess maybe Deuce is kind of filling that role at this point. Sam Garcia's dad. good. Sam Garcia's dad. I'm taking Nova Kane from the 2012 team. Yeah, it's the first name that popped into my mind. I, I just don't know. So he's if let's say he's your backup for and he's playing, you know, 15 minutes a game, and you're putting him on the least threatening offensive player for that time. You know, you kind of have to insulate his. Because I mean, it was it was a stretch for him to defend. Then, uh, man, that'd be so cool to have that level of shooting. Probably Prigioni had a fifty-eight effective field goal percentage that year. Prigioni was awesome, man. Yeah, that's I my just, answer. I'm not taking Prigioni over J.R. Smith. Tibbs would literally throw J.R. Smith out a window. But Tibbs always them. Tibbs will always compromise for great offense. I think mm, I guess my my thought is like they need an initiator. Maybe your your thought is like Jr. is going to run the second unit, which he could just do that. But Jr. Smith was like their de facto. They was like they're quickly like last year. They're Josh Hart, where it's like exactly. you're technically coming off the bench, right? I don't think they need that. Their starting five is good. I need thirteen good Prigioni minutes so that way the offense doesn't completely stall. I, I mean, it's J- I'm being very specific. Like, if we're taking, if we're just going by talent, yeah, Jr. Give me Amari. It's not about the Tyson talent. Chandler's I think, the backup five. I think Jr. would fit. I think Jr. would fit wonderfully on this team. Whose minutes is he taking? Probably Grimes. Mm. Talk about defense getting worse. If you're gonna say like Amari wasn't as good as Preston Sichua on defense, no, that's true. They have the same same argument for Grimes. Last one. Uh, Travis Edward Alfred is our backup point guard. I'll hang up and listen. Currently <laughs> no, we're not the there G-League. yet. We're yes. not there yet. On that note, 
Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for checking out the post game tonight on what was uh, a decidedly not fun evening. <clears throat> um, don't forget uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, uh, all that sort of stuff. You listen to the podcast, help us out on there as well. We'll be back with more uh, funny games very soon. With uh, a is there a pregame pod this weekend? Yep, pregame pod coming up for the Grizzlies game, and then obviously me. Uh, post game on Saturday night. So I'll see you all then. Uh, have a good one and take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.